It's back to school week on ABC 10 News. I'm Ben Higgins. Welcome to our Ask the Experts series on Facebook Live. We're going to have regular conversations about issues that are related to the pandemic. And uh, while back to school seems a little early for this time in July, I think uh, with all the uncertainty that's happening right now, especially in San Diego County, uh, it's never too early to get started making some decisions about what the school year is going to look like uh, with recent announcements that uh, most learning will be distance learning to start in the county. We thought uh, we'll get that conversation started early and I want to bring our guests on uh, here this morning. We have a pair of them to talk about homeschooling this morning. Uh, I've got uh, Ali uh, Innocencio, uh, who is a former school teacher who has spent uh, the last 20 years uh, homeschooling and her own three children and uh, has a, a unique perspective on homeschooling. Uh, we also have Elisa Hilliard, uh, who is the uh, homeschooling expert on social media and has been answering questions uh, for parents and families uh, that are joining us both today. So uh, we're going to bring both of those uh, on board. It's good to have both of you on. Thank you. Thank uh, you so much. Well, first of all, um, let's just start basically on the decision that parents are facing. And Allie, I'll start with you. If any parents out there are considering homeschooling their children, especially during the pandemic, uh, what are some of the most important factors that they need to be taking into consideration about whether this is something that they would like to do or not? Um, it really is a very individual decision, but if I'm gonna speak broadly, um, they really need to think about what their children's needs are, and they don't have to make the de same decision for each of their children. And they need to think about what support system they have. Do they have other adults in their life that they can count on to help them either in the home or with their children's education needs? Uh, they need to think about their own life. For example, if they're working, would they have the time that they needed to put into homeschooling their kids? And um, those questions can really be answered best by talking to people like Alisa and I or other homeschool parents. Um, some of the support schools in the in San Diego Facebook pages, um, if you join a Facebook page about homeschooling, people are very, very supportive and can really help families make that individual decision for themselves. Allie, you taught in the public school system for 20 years. Why did you make the decision not to send your kids through the public school system and, and rather homeschool them instead? Um, it was a, a multitude of things, but um, uh, some of the most important things were we really wanted that family time, that family connection. Um, we really wanted to uh, have our children have the chance to be close growing up. And I really wanted to spend that quality time with my kids as much as I could. Um, and so it wasn't anything against the public school system or private school system. It was more um, that family bond that we wanted and that opportunity to be our child's teacher for um, academics and character and life. We really wanted that holistic education. Alisa, let me uh, ask that kind of same question for you. What were the arguments that you found appealing about homeschooling children rather than sending them through the regular, either public or private school system? Yeah, for our family, it was some of the similar things as Ali. Family time was important. Um, I grew up in a household where my parents were self-employed and were able to be with us a lot of the time or we were able to be with them a lot of the time. And so I wanted to have that for my children. Um, the other thing that kind of happened for us is our oldest daughter 
was reading before she was even in kindergarten. And so by the time that she was ready to start kindergarten or um, kindergarten, the school system had changed and she was the first group of kids that was gonna go into transitional kinder. And so we kind of already had some concerns that maybe she would be too, she already knew a lot of the kindergarten material, would she be too advanced? And when she ended up having to do transitional kinder, and having to go into basically a two-year kindergarten program, we realized that that might not work for her. And so we made the decision that we would homeschool her so she could go at her own pace. Uh, same thing with our middle daughter. Um, hers was actually the opposite. She actually has a learning disability. And so we wanted her to be able to go at her own pace and feel like she, you know, not lack of self-esteem or anything like that by comparing herself to a bunch of people in a classroom room and so we decided to homeschool her and our third daughter we figured we've already homeschooled the other so she's coming along too uh now specifically here during the pandemic and, and Allie let me ask you I know there's a lot of parents who experience distance learning for the first time at the end of the last school year in March and, and April and May and they didn't love it they didn't feel like their kids were getting a lot out of it um, now they've had a summer to perhaps uh, improve on that. How, how much of a factor would you say that should be in a decision for parents just going, hey, I might not have homeschooled my parents under, or children under normal circumstances, but here in the pandemic, I might be able to do a better job than the schools. Is that something they should be thinking about? I think it's something worth thinking about for sure. Um, something worth investigating and looking into and taking the time to see if homeschooling would be a good fit for their kids right now. Um, I will say also, though, that as you mentioned, the schools now are coming at it from a different um, perspective because they know what they're getting into. It wasn't thrown in at them at the last minute. And additionally, parents do have the option to um, homeschool later on. So they could start the school year and see, give it a chance and see if it's a good fit. They could decide to homeschool later. You don't have to make that decision right now, but I do definitely recommend they look into that option. Look into the homeschooling option now. Now, uh, Elisa, let's let's get a, a little more details on it. What exactly is homeschooling? I think for a lot of parents, they just picture, well, we sit down at the kitchen table and and we open up some history books and you know I start reading and giving them assignments and and seeing what. It's not necessarily a go it alone type procedure. What are some of the different ways? and different uh, methods that homeschooling can take. Absolutely, yeah. So homeschooling can really be a variety of different things. I know in our household, um, we really wanna make sure that our students are well-rounded, that our children are well-rounded. And so although we focus on academics, we also have more time to focus on life skills, uh, you know, my kids can run a garden and they know a lot about gardening because we have time to explore that. And I know the school system has those opportunities for students, but sometimes then you have to get into a specific club or something like that. And here we can follow the interest of our students. And there is a little bit of sitting around the kitchen table and working out math problems and things like that. That is part of our daily routine, weekly uh, routine. So there is a little bit of that. Um, but I think students then have the opportunity to follow interest. Um, if they're really techie and they want to do coding and they want to do all of those things, they don't need to have anyone provide that for them. They ask mom or dad, hey, I'm really interested in this. Or parents will notice that that is an interest for child and then they will go out and see 
opportunities for them to do that. And when we are not in a pandemic, uh, you know, there are a lot of vendors and resources out there for homeschooling families to take advantage of to be able to do this. So it's not like we're always home. I think um, that's probably the biggest kept kept secret about homeschooling is that, you know, the word homeschooling makes people think we're always home. And I think it's the complete opposite. We are, you know, at the library, at coffee shops, uh, studying and doing our work, doing research, and at different locations and vendors, you know, learning different skills that we may not be able to provide for our children. And, and Allie, there may not be as many resources available now due to the pandemic, especially in person, but um, there are professionals who you can team up with as a homeschooling parent that uh, makes it so you're not doing all of this by yourself. Right. So if you um, enroll in a charter school in San Diego, an independent study charter school, you'll be teamed up with a credentialed teacher and they'll help guide you. They'll help you pick your curriculum and plan your school days and answer questions for you. Um, as I mentioned earlier, if you are not going that route, uh, Facebook really is a great resource right now. So many um, homeschool families are very generous with sharing their knowledge of um, and their experience. So that's another option. There is also um, something called the PSP, which is a private school program that can help you homeschool your child. Um, they don't give, usually they don't give quite as much support as the charter school programs, but they do have a robust program and very generous um, people that are involved that can help you as well. And um, there are a lot of vendors online right now during the pandemic, new ones that weren't even there before. And so um, my kids right now, for example, are taking some free classes online over the summer and they're really enjoying that. So there is a lot of support, um, especially in San Diego for homeschool families. Allie, let me ask you, because um, are there people that you would not recommend homeschooling for? Obviously, there's a time commitment involved here. And uh, if you've got two parents that are working all the time, I, I'd imagine that's going to make it very difficult. How much time commitment is generally involved on the parent side uh, for effective homeschooling to take place? Well, it's interesting because in some families, it's not much more time than what they were committing to homework. Um, in their traditional school experience, obviously, depending on what school they were at and how old their child is. But um, yeah, you do need to make sure that you have um, several hours a day that you can commit to a, to being there for your child. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to be sitting with them the entire time that they're working. Um, my children are age 13 and below, and they're very independent and do a lot of their work on their own. But I am available to them to help them. Um, and so you, but the good thing is that with homeschooling, especially if you do it independently uh, through a charter program or with a um, private school, you can um, rearrange your schedule. And so school doesn't have to happen in the morning. It doesn't have to happen in the middle of the day. It could happen in the late afternoon or the evening. And so you can be flex. That gives you that flexibility that a lot of families need. Um, if they have um, a single parent working or two parents working and maybe they don't have any other adults. I do know a lot of families are um, enlisting the help of grandparents or aunts and uncles or other family that they have close by to um, support during the time when the parent is working. Um, and so you could team up that way as well. Yeah, I've seen uh, some questions coming in about multiple children. You both had that experience of dealing with multiple children at multiple ages. Is it 
uh, easier when you have multiple children and they're all homeschooling because you can kind of establish a program for all of them at once? Or if they're at different, completely different levels and are studying different things, is that just three times the work if you have three children? Uh, what's your experience with dealing with multiple kids at the same time? Do you want to share first, Elisa? Yeah, both of you are going to answer this one. So go ahead, you start, Elisa, and then Allie, you can come in. Yeah, so I think for me, what I've learned is math, at least in our household, um, is broken up individually. Because the kids are at such different levels, I have an incoming second grader, a fifth grader, and a seventh grader. So those math levels are, are different. Um, when it comes to history and literature and humanities, those tend to be able to easily clump together and work together easily so that you can create a lesson plan that delivers the same material and then it's varied uh, from student to student as far as what they're going to deliver to show what they've learned. And so those kinds of things work well together. Um, and so I think it's a variety and a combination. Like I said before, we do a lot of hands-on projects and activities. So my kids are learning math while they're cooking and in the kitchen and they can do that as a team. And the older one can share with the younger one. And there is that camaraderie that happens. Um, same thing when we're out gardening. You know, my oldest daughter has been gardening since she was three. And now she can help me guide the other students. And even if we have friends over to do something together when we're not in a pandemic and the orders, uh, you know, are not stay at home, we can bring people together in a sort of co-op that people um, may have heard about and work together as a team. Um, co-ops are also a great way to divide the work amongst parents. So maybe one mom is going to take the younger kids and another mom's going to take the older kids and they're going to work maybe on the same topic, but at different levels for the students. Allie, um, give me your perspective on multiple kids as well. And then also maybe add to the point, is it feasible that maybe you have one or two children who attend normal school and you may have another one that attends homeschooling. Could that create friction or could that be a viable solution in a family? Well, I'll answer your second question first. And that's, yes, um, one of the beautiful things about um, learning about homeschooling is that you realize you're really, as a parent, there to help each of your children find the best education for them. And as we all know, um, no, no two children are alike. And so we get to decide what's best for each of our kids. I do know families that have um, some, one or more of their kids homeschooling and one or more of their kids in traditional school at the same time. And that really works for them. And, and that's wonderful. So it can be done that way. Um, it's, it's really a good time right now to take a look at each of your kids and see what will be best for them. Um, as you know, maybe a high schooler could handle spending more time on a computer or working more time working independently than a young child could. And so, you know, those are things that you want to take into consideration right now. And as far as um, having three children at different ages, I have a, a children going into second grade, fifth grade and eighth grade this year. And like Elisa, we do do some subjects together. So we exercise together, um, we do some art together, we do a lot of science together, we do a lot of history together. Um, and then for language arts and for math, um, I separate my kids because they're at different levels. And so that's when I will send maybe my oldest daughter to work independently in her room for a little while and I'll focus on my son going into fifth grade and maybe my my son going into second grade gets a little break right then or maybe he's doing something independent and so um, different at different stages of their lives we handled that differently um, when I had a 
a newborn baby, a two-year-old and a five-year-old, I waited until my husband got home from work to do direct instruction with my five-year-old because it was very difficult and challenging with a two-year-old and a baby. But we still did a lot of um, fun, hands-on learning during the day that I could um, do with the little ones involved also. I know um, your kids are a little, my, I have two high schoolers um, and I'm sure you've talked to other parents who are in my situation as well, but um, for college applications and trying to get into a, a four-year school or a two-year school, whatever your plans are uh, post high school, if you want to continue your education, how does homeschooling affect that? How do colleges look at, at homeschooled children when they compare them to uh, children who went through the more traditional route of public schools? I, I see that homeschool um, colleges typically uh, really like having students that were homeschooled because as a general group, homeschooled students are very self-driven and independent, um, something that really helps them be successful when they get to college. Um, if your child is involved with a charter, an independent study charter, and they get a transcript just like a regular traditional public school um, because independent study charter schools are public schools. Um, if a family is homeschooling independently, then they are creating their own transcripts. And there is a lot of support for families that are going that route. So a quick search on the internet, you would be able to find a lot of um, support for how to do that. And as I mentioned before, a lot of families in San Diego that do that, go that route, are very um, happy to help people figure that out. Um, there's also a lot of great blogs online that can guide you how to write your own transcript. Um, but if you are, whatever way these students are doing their high school, um, when when colleges hear homeschool, a lot of times that's really a plus um, in their eyes. And so I, I see that it's it's a good thing. It's not a harmful thing for our students. Alisa, uh, let me put myself in the perspective of maybe someone who's not ready to take the full leap into homeschooling. They're not ready for that responsibility. But they also are recognizing there's going to be a lot of distance learning going on, and they might be able to augment their children's education by just doing some more stuff on their own at home. How would you kind of recommend, you know, just going out and maybe just helping your children get through the distance learning using some of the homeschooling techniques that you've learned? Absolutely. And I think in doing even regular times, there's a lot of people who do what um, is known as after schooling. And so they will take some of the homeschool principles and ideas and implement them for their students after school. So maybe they're going to read some extra stuff about math. Um, there's a great series called Life of Fred that people really enjoy, which really are almost you could read those at bedtime and it's bedtime math stories, things like that will add to enhance what their children are already doing into school. Um, same thing is uh, for distance learning. If there's a topic that your child's teacher is covering through some lessons and now they want to maybe expand upon them, you could get additional books. Our libraries, thankfully, are doing um, curbside pickup. So you can go onto the library and get additional resources and support there. There is so much online. If your kids are in coding, uh, code.org is free and available to anybody who wants to use it. You can set up an account. Same thing for Scratch. Um, there are some great resources out there that are free that you can just add to whatever it is your children are already doing. You know, I've seen uh, some questions from uh, parents who are watching our Ask the Experts series here from ABC 10 News about 
uh, the financial implications of homeschooling. Is this going to cost them a lot of money? Could this save them a lot of money in tax breaks? Uh, Ali, I'll start with you, but I want to get both of your perspectives here. What's been your experience when it comes to the cost of homeschooling versus the cost of sending your kids to a, a public school versus the cost of sending your kids to a private school? So our children are homeschooled through an independent study charter program, and our program provides books, materials, um, curriculum that my kids use. So we are not paying out of pocket for that. Um, our school also offers classes, and so we're able to, for without any money, um, participate in those classes. Now, our family has chosen to do some extracurricular activities that we pay out of pocket for, but we would be doing those even in a traditional school program. Uh, as far as curriculum for families that maybe are not going through a charter, there are a lot of free and low cost curriculums available. Um, if you reach out to families that already homeschool, they can point you in that direction. Uh, reach out to Elisa and I on Facebook. We're happy to help you too. Um, but really you could do, um, especially right now, a pretty quick search uh, for free or low-cost homeschool curriculum, and you would be able to find that. Not And not to mention, if you look behind me at my bookshelf, you probably have a lot of things in your home. If you sat down and really thought about it, what are some things you already have at home that you could incorporate with the learning that, you're, that your kids are doing? So you really, it doesn't have to be an expensive endeavor. And Elisa, what's been your, your experience financially with homeschooling? Yeah. Similar to Ali, we do an independent study charter, but in addition to that, there are so many um, even Facebook pages where you can just buy used curriculum. So you don't have to spend a fortune on curriculum. You can either get free curriculum through free curriculum box that are organized in the homeschool community, or you can get used curriculum and pay very little for the materials that you need. Uh, we take advantage of the school sales, just like everybody else does, go back to school sales get our crayons and our pencils and all of those kinds of materials but when it comes to curriculum which tends to be really expensive um, that is one option the other thing um, that you may want to consider for high school students is a lot of them get to go to the community colleges and take free college classes where you now are only having to pay for the tech because they are high school students and concurrently enrolled in community college so that's a great way for high school students to earn credit um, and to not spend the money in those college classes. Allie, what about uh, socialization? I think there's at least um, a, a, a thinking out there that, well, homeschooled kids don't don't get the same experience that kids who go to traditional school, whether it's the high school dances or sports or things like that. Obviously, in the pandemic situation, uh, you know, all bets are a little bit off right now. But in general, um, how do you make sure that kids get that same socialization at homeschooling that they would normally get interacting with all their peers going to a, uh, a regular school? Um, so I can give you an example of last year for my uh, my own children. They participated in um, group learning at uh, the park two days a week. They did um, STEAM and they did humanities and they did sports class. Um, so they were with other kids that were homeschooling. And then um, my boys played basketball and my daughter took an art class all year long where she made friends and she was with them all year. My daughter does Girl Scouts. Um, I mean, we do a lot of the same extracurricular activities that other families do. My husband was actually just saying yesterday that 
he realized how busy we really were um, before the pandemic. Um, now that we've had so much time at home together, he realized how busy our schedule really was. So if anything, um, we've had to say no to things sometimes because um, you can get really busy spending time with other uh, other families, even when you're homeschooling. Just a couple more questions. We're nearing the end of our time, but uh, I think this one's an important one. So I'm going to ask both of you. I'll start with you, Elisa. Biggest pitfalls potentially of homeschooling, something that maybe you wish you knew at the very beginning uh, that you had to learn the hard way uh, from homeschooling. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that people may not think about right away, because we're thinking about the academics and we're thinking about, you know, making sure kids get everything they want and stuff, is that your kids are going to be home way more than they probably ever have been. And I think kind of all have experienced that. And so one thing that I wish I would have known right off the bat was that we have to create um, space for everybody so that everybody can have some space if they need some a break from the family and also routines that will help maintain the household uh, so that all of those responsibilities don't fall on mom uh, to do all the laundry, to do all the dishes, to do all the cooking and all the cleaning, uh, because it's going to get exponentially, <laughs> you know, it's going to grow exponentially when more people are home all the time. And so really helping our, our children understand uh, those aspects of maintaining a home maintaining a home budget. Uh, my children help with grocery list and going to the grocery store and making sure that we have everything we need. They know how to order from the butcher counter. Uh, but those are all things that we've had time to educate them on and show them how to do. But definitely allowing some help for mom so that she's not having to do it all. How about you, Allie? Uh, potential pitfalls, unforeseen difficulties that come along with homeschooling. Um, I would say making sure that you are doing your homeschool the way that is best for each of your children and for your family as a whole. Don't compare yourself to other people um, because each each family is unique. It's just like parenting. You're going to have um, people that are parenting in a similar way to you, but you really have to parent your children the way that's best for each of your children and for your family. And so taking that mindset into your homeschool of, um, you know, listening to others' ideas and experience, but then really making it work for you. And then at the same time, giving yourself a lot of grace, um, because just like when you became a parent and through each stage of parenting, as your children get older, um, it's a learning curve. It takes time to figure it out. Um, you're not going to have it all figured out on day one. And um, so give yourself a lot of grace. Give your kids a lot of grace. And, and it, it does get better. It does get easier. Um, but that feeling of like, can I do this? Oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can do it. You know, that's just that that same feeling you have as a parent a lot. You'll feel that in homeschool, too. Um, but you can do this if you think back to when you worked with your own kids when they were young, before they were in school. Um, you were able to parent them and teach them. You taught them how to count or the colors or or different things like um, maybe they cooked with you or those kinds of things you were already teaching them. And so this is just an extension of that. All right, let's finish uh, just with the technical questions. If a parent out there says, yeah, this is this sounds like this is for me. I want to take that next step. How do they go about it? Do you have to do you inform your school? Do you have to fill out a form? You go online. Uh, how does it work to take that leap into homeschooling? So for parents who want to 
homeschool independently, there is a form called a PSA, which is a private school affidavit. And basically you go to the California Department of Education. Um, you can Google, you know, California PSA and you will find it very easily. Um, that form is filled out in October. You fill out the form, you let the state know that you're going to be homeschooling your children by creating a private school in your home where you will be the teacher and your children will be the only students. And that's it, you are ready to go. Um, there are some, I believe, requirements to take attendance. Um, so you do have to keep track of attendance, um, but your kids are home, so they probably won't be missing a whole lot of days. And so that's easy to maintain. Um, some people keep records of what they're doing or they're not doing. Um, so that's up to you if you want to keep kind of lesson plans or things like that. That is for anyone in first grade all the way through high school because kindergarten is not actually a required grade of in the state of California. That doesn't mean you can't homeschool uh, kindergarten. You just don't have to file that document. Um, Ali, did you want to cover some of the other options? Yeah, any final thoughts just, uh, that, that anything you feel like is important that we haven't covered yet uh, here in our last few minutes? Ali, I'll give you the floor last here. Okay, I, I just want to really encourage people to look into homeschooling with an open mind. Um, forget about maybe any preconceived ideas that you have about homeschooling. Reach out to any friends that um, you know to see if they know someone that's homeschooling. Really make a connection with um, people in San Diego in the homeschool community. And um, that way you can really discover the best option for your kids this year. Um, collectively, I think we all need to just take a deep breath and know that um, you know this is new territory for everybody whether you're homeschooling or going through the traditional schools, but we can really be there uh, for our children and help them through this time. Ali Innocencio, Alisa Hilliard, really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and experiences on our Ask the Expert series and a great way to kick off our back to school week here on ABC 10 News. Not the way we all expected it this year, but uh, really important stuff. Thank you so much for spending some time with all of us. Thank you so much. And continue. We're going to continue our Ask the Expert series here on us. Facebook Live. Thank you, Alisa. Uh, and also tune in to ABC 10 News, our newscast. We'll have more stories on Back to School Week as we get started. Everybody have a great Monday.